What happens if I don't like my therapist? Doesn't mean I have to quit and find a new therapist, or is there more to that story? Spoiler alert, I think there's a little more, and today we'll discuss that. This is Open Counseling's Insider's Guide to Therapy with Stephanie Harrison and Mark Pines. Welcome. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Mark. I'm looking forward to this topic. I really like this one. Oh, yeah? What makes you like it? It's just, it's fun. It feels a little like a secret. Like everyone thinks they're supposed to like their therapist, but it's actually not that uncommon to either just not like your therapist at all, sometimes because they're not the right therapist for you, but sometimes for other reasons, um, or to have moments that you really don't like your therapist. And I think it's just fun to kind of unpack all the kind of things that feel kind of like they're secret or taboo, but, but really aren't, especially in therapy. Yeah, the reality is, um, you know, okay, first of all, liking is, is a really interesting term. It's a very broad term. Liking, I like this person, I don't like this person, I like to go for walks, I like my doctor, I don't like my doctor. It's just a very broad term of, of feeling positive towards them or, or a dislike would be feeling negative. It's a very broad brushstroke. And... Therapy is all about feelings, and, and I think even though, like, you've got to remember, like is a very broad brushstroke that is made uh, from 10,000 fibers, you know, 10,000 little fibers in the, in the brush of all of your experience, all of the feelings you have, um, and so it's a very broad term. Um, the other thing that came to mind is that um, liking your therapist is important. And, and I think they found that um, people should like their therapist when they start therapy. And it's a really important determinant of whether that therapy is successful. It's like, do I feel positive about them? Does it look like they care? Does it look like they understand? Does it seem like they... Um, may have the solutions to what ails me. And people are pretty good at, at determining um, that sort of thing very early on in therapy. And usually within the first session, they get like, oh, I like them, or oh, didn't feel right to me. And I think those, those um, the broad impressions are, are, are often really important. Yeah, and I think that you know, that's the glue of therapy. Like if you don't like your therapist enough to want to talk to them, if you don't like your therapist enough to really be motivated to show up to therapy, it's probably not going to work. It's just that sometimes like in any other kind of relationship, uh, as broad and simple in a way a term is liking is, it's also a complicated experience of Sometimes you meet someone and you don't like them, but then you spend more time around them and you start to like them. And then, you know, some of what came out in, in the article about this topic is that so much of what's going on in therapy is bringing up so many deep emotions that sometimes when you feel like you don't like your therapist, that's not actually what's going on. Um, that there, your, your, your therapist, you know, and or the therapy process is causing you to feel something you don't really want to feel. It, but it might be important to feel that. So sometimes, especially in the beginning, when you're not used to how therapy works, 
you can think, God, I, my therapist gets on my nerves. They always point out this one thing to me, and I wish they'd shut up about that. But maybe that's kind of part of the therapy process. So I think that it is important pretty early on to figure out, do I like this therapist enough to trust them, open up with them, and work with them? But it's also good to kind of give them and therapy the benefit of the doubt and say, this is bringing up some feelings I don't feel great about, but I'm going to give this time to see where it goes. And I really loved how you used the word glue because any therapy to be worth its salt has to involve some negative feelings. There's just no way around them. Um, People come to therapy with negative feelings and they also come to therapy with the repercussions of not feeling or avoiding negative feelings in their life. And Absolutely. And therapy is a place where the, all the feelings come up, including the feelings you've been working really hard to, to put aside. And, and so there must be a place to have these negative feelings, but it's liking your therapist overall that, that helps it po- be create a container, create a place where that your like of them is bigger than your dislike of the feelings or is bigger than this uncomfortable thing that you sometimes have between you and your therapist. The overall feeling of, of liking them can often be the, the glue that holds that all together when it, it's kind of tearing apart. Yeah, really well said. And, you know, I just think about how so many of us by default spend so much of the activities we choose to do are things that allow us to not feel something we don't want to feel. How, how, how often do we pick up our phone to start scrolling social media or turn on the TV or drink or eat something or go out and do something? And, and on some level, we're just trying to avoid being with ourselves too much. And so, so when we're suddenly doing that in therapy, it's very natural that the immediate reaction is going to be, ooh, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, and I do think it probably takes at least a few sessions to suss out how much of what you're feeling is just adjusting to being in a space where you're like sitting in and with those feelings that you're avoiding a lot of the time and how much of it is goodness of fit between you and your therapist. Right. And often... um you know, I, I always think of, of goodness of fit with a therapist, um, kind of like when you choose a, a romantic partner, there, there's a basic, how well do we get along together? And and all serious sort of romantic partners are, are going to have issues, things that don't work, things they don't like, times, you know, things they irritate or more fundamentally you hate about them. But that getting off on on a good start is often finding a person who's like a good approximation from the get go, and then the stuff that doesn't work, um, you you kind of work from there. But if you get like enough of a good fit from the start, it's less stuff that that needs um, work or amending or repair in order to to make it a, a good sustainable relationship. Absolutely. Another thing that I think works with this, you know, dating metaphor um, is that when you're dating, you know, when you're young, you don't have a lot of experience, you you don't know how to spot red flags. But over time, with some people, you know, get to the point where within that very first single date, you know, there's no point in going on another date with that person because too many red flags. And, you know, we've written 
and published multiple articles on how to spot red flags for a bad therapist or maybe a therapist who's not bad overall, who's just not good for you. And, you know, in this article, we touch on that a little bit, that there are there are going to be signs that show up. Some of them are going to be so overt that you could make that decision after a single session. Like this therapist, I just cannot, there's no way. There's no way I could go back. Maybe they crossed a line. Maybe they did something unethical. Or maybe it's just you, their personality grates on you or they were dismissive. There's a lot of things that might make you go, ooh, I just definitely, I'm confident in not going back to that therapist. But a lot of the time it does take at least a few sessions to get that feeling of okay like you said when you're when you're dating when you have any relationship you have to kind of deal with the good and the bad and we ultimately make decisions in our relationships you know I make some sacrifices in this relationship there's things I don't like but overall the good outweighs the bad therapy's no different you know um some people can just find that perfect match with a therapist usually you have a therapist that really really works for you uh, but maybe there's one or two things about them that you don't love. That's just human. That's just relationships. But for the most part, I think um, you will be able to tell fairly early on if there's at least that basic level of connection and compatibility uh, to keep going with this therapist. Right. And, and I, I think um, it's important to just have a little side note. There are unethical things that a therapist does like initiating sexual contact for example that are just complete i don't know what red flags on fire i don't know if there's something worse than a red flag immediate ejection Cr crimson. Kind of thing. crimson crimson flag oh i like that that's your writerly side coming yeah. out there i'll have to crimson flag. whip out my thesaurus for all of my <laughs> synonyms for red chartreuse that might actually be green hell i don't know <laughs> but enough. but um yeah, I mean, that's one, you know, if your therapist is hitting on you, you can generally just walk away from that. If But there's other ones that may not be as obvious as that. Um, you know, there are therapists that have major blind spots. There are therapists who, you know, therapists don't have to have lived the same exact experience as you to be able to help you. You know, some it, it's perfectly valid if you want a therapist who has certain things in common with you that can help in a lot of ways for sure. But, you know, if you're open to a therapist who has some differences from you, they don't have to have lived the same exact experience to be able to um, listen, you know, because, you know, one of the therapist skills is listening and absorbing and using all the tools they have at their disposal, em empathy, imagination, to kind of relate to you in a deeper way uh, where they can kind of feel into, like, feel alongside with you about how it feels to be you. And... You know, but there are therapists that have big, big blind spots, and maybe you happen to fall into one of those. And if your therapist says something that makes you feel really dismissed or like they're condescending to you or, you know, I've heard some horror stories, you know, I don't think they're the norm. But every once in a while, I, I read something that someone's therapist said to them that just makes me cringe because it was so dismissive or or just so lacking in insight or empathy and you know if you have a therapist that just says something that you know you have to be careful because sometimes a therapist reflects something back to you that feels hurtful but it's because they're just be they're holding up a mirror that's different mm -hmm. but if your therapist just doesn't seem like they get you on some fundamental level or like they've got a personal or political 
blind spot where, you know, maybe you're struggling with issues around addiction and they seem to have some negative opinions about that and they don't seem to get where you're coming from or maybe they don't understand your identity or seem dismissive of your your experience with certain social dynamics um, that you might experience as a woman or a person of color, et cetera, et cetera. If your therapist really just feels like they don't get or validate your experience on some level, I think that's a pretty, that's just not going to work. Um, And sometimes therapists say stuff that's so bad, you just know from the get go that it's not going to work. But sometimes after a few sessions, you're just like, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of example, like if, if you mention that that you have alcoholism or you're struggling with drinking too much and your therapist says something that implies like, oh, that's a weakness of a character. You should just be able to to with willpower overcome that or there's something a flaw with you. The, there are certain things that would reveal a therapist's character, which would just inhibit therapy so much. It, it's hard to imagine that anything would overcome that and um quite totally right. because you know yeah some some therapists have you know came from a background where maybe some therapists are in recovery some therapists were the ones that struggled with addiction themselves sometimes therapists grew up in a family system where they had a sibling or a parent who was the one that was struggling with an addiction and the really good therapists that have worked through all their stuff uh have made peace with that but some therapists that are maybe still a work in progress as human beings as we all are might have some negative like if they grew up with a parent who was an alcoholic for example they might have a knee-jerk reaction to you that's unfair um, that's based on their blind spot about their own experience um, you know and then some so sometimes it's emotional and it's overt and it's and sometimes it's just like a slight difference of philosophy for example if you're dealing with substance abuse issues and you uh, are going to 12-step groups and you really find them helpful and you fully embrace the 12-step philosophy which is generally like you're just not going to ever drink or use again and that's very important but if your therapist is kind of questioning that like maybe your therapist is fully empathetic and supportive to you and your journey, but then they're like, oh, you probably could still, maybe you could just, you know, do a little bit less here and there. If that's not compatible with your vision of what recovery is, then it's, you're going to have a hard time working with that therapist. So, you know, and again, it's probably going to take some time to kind of see if see. there's that kind of incompatibility there. And, and this is where, um, you know, it's so important that that like the, the phrase like my therapist is a very broad brushstroke, but I think the devil's in the details. I think it's so important to figure out if you can, if it's something more subtle and it's not egregious what's going on, like, well, what's going on? Why don't I like them? Um, is it because they have this different view of this, um, you know, key issue that I'm working on, which just doesn't feel like it's a good fit or, um, do I, feel judged by them or are they dismissive and, and really get into the details and, and see um, if that's something that can be resolved by talking about it or by working through. Because um, we all, you know, they say the therapy is in the repair of the therapy relationship. Uh, so often it's what isn't working on, isn't working in therapy um, is really the the key to overcoming a lot of internal difficulties that people struggle with. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, 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 you know, as I was writing this article and thinking about it, you know, every single one of these reasons that you might dislike your therapist could be coming from the fact that they're, they're a bad therapist, they're a bad person, they're a bad match, but it could also be coming from something important and ultimately good that's happening in the therapy process. For example, if your therapist makes you feel angry, like if you walk out of a therapy session feeling really angry at your therapist, it could be because they said something really insensitive because there's an empathy gap there and um, it's just, it just was uncalled for and it's just a sign of like, okay, I don't want to go back to this therapist. But on the other hand, they could have reflected something back to you about yourself that they weren't judging you, they weren't putting you down, they were just, you know, like you know, one of the basic therapy skills that therapists learn is just kind of reflecting what you're saying back to them to make sure they're getting it. Like if you go on a five minute rant, your therapist might sum it up. So like, oh, it sounds like you're really angry about what your partner said, you know, and that's just supposed to be a neutral statement. But your therapist might just be reflecting back or summarizing what you said, did or expressed in the therapy room. And you don't like that little self-portrait you're seeing of yourself and it makes you angry like you know maybe maybe well speaking of anger maybe um anger is taboo and you feel like I should never feel angry and then you describe something to your therapist and your therapist says oh it sounds like you're angry you know you might not like that yeah that's a great example and and exactly and and it would be a wonderful opportunity for um you and your therapist to talk well is it okay to be angry does anger always have to be bad and and i bet there would be so much therapeutic gain in that conversation and and really thinking about that together Um, absolutely you know it's like you know just (laughs) our little list here of, of things that you might not like your therapist over my therapist makes me feel embarrassed or judged. My therapist hurts my feelings. My therapist makes me angry. My therapist makes me feel uncomfortable. My therapist just doesn't get it. And my therapist isn't helping me. All of those have that double-sidedness to them where your reason of feeling this way or having this reaction could be a reflection that the therapist isn't doing their job well or isn't really meeting your needs or isn't a good match. But it could also be something that's happening in therapy. I mean, especially getting your feelings hurt Because you're opening up and sharing parts of yourself with your therapist that you may not share with anyone else, or you may only share with a select number of people. So especially, you know, some therapists, the way therapists are trained is to not necessarily jump in to validate you right away. Like they don't want to reassure you all the time. Like therapists do, some therapists find there's moments where they do want to offer you reassurance um, because you're especially overwhelmed. But therapists are also trying to help you get deeper into stuff. Like when someone else reassures you, it's about like, oh, don't go, don't get quite so sad. Don't cry, you know, yeah. and that feels comforting. But the therapist wants you to get sad and to cry, not because they want, you know, your therapist doesn't want to see you cry, but they know that you've been avoiding this feeling and that this avoidance of this pain or this grief is causing all these other problems in your life. So they know that, you have to get into it and they don't enjoy seeing that, but they know it's something that's part of the process. So, and it's incredibly valuable. I mean, and that's, you know, the essence of a lot of therapy kind of moves towards the pain. It moves towards the uncomfortable feeling. It moves towards the sort of things that you might often run away from. And so in a way, um, 
it's impossible to avoid disliking your therapist, you know, because often they are the ones ushering you towards the, the feeling that, that you don't want to have. And, you know, a good therapist is doing that, you know, secure in the knowledge that there's a gain. But for people, um, we, we all naturally avoid pain. Uh, no one wants to put their hand on a hot stove, um, you know, and, and painful, overwhelming, terrible feelings at some level just feel like I don't want to feel that thing. And I don't like the person who's, who's putting me in contact with that thing. Um, yeah, and that's why, you know, it, it sounds like a cliche sometimes when people say going to therapy is brave. And it yeah, is. Sure and is. that's the reason. Because when you think about the links that most of us go to to avoid thinking about or feeling certain things... Uh, going into therapy is like you're turning around and facing this thing and who knows how long you've been running away or looking away from it and that takes a lot of courage and it takes being willing to go through something that is painful at least at first um, so yeah of course you're gonna have feelings about this process that are a little bit negative but I feel like one of the most important takeaways from this topic uh, you know as it is with so many that we address is one of the wonderful things about therapy that's different from just about any other relationship you can have is you can tell your therapist exactly how you feel about them. Um, and in a way, it can be a test. Like if you're not sure that the reason you're feeling some kind of way is because your therapist isn't that good or isn't a good match for you, or if it's just something you're going through as part of the therapeutic process, tell them. You know, if you if you can find that courage to be a little confrontational, even you can say, I, I left my session last time just really not liking you at all. You said this thing that really hurt my feelings. When you said this, I felt unheard, unseen, like you didn't care. Mm. And see how your therapist responds to that. Therapists are trained to be able to handle difficult conversations, uh, some degree of confrontation, they also know that part of the process is you're going to have reactions to them that are negative sometimes. And those can actually lead to breakthroughs in therapy. So they don't tend to shy away. It's a sign of a bad therapist that they get defensive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now a therapist might push back on you a little bit and get you to explore something. But if a therapist immediately starts going into like damage control, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant that's more information for you as you're trying to assess whether this therapist is good or good for you. But most of the time with therapists that are just at least decently good at what they do, if you let them know, I felt bad when you said that. I didn't like that. I did not like our last session. I, you can even say, I, I'm getting to the point I hate therapy. I just don't even know why I'm still coming. Every time just feels awful. Saying those things, usually we can't, that's taboo, right? You can't yeah. say to most people, oh, I don't like you today. <laughs> or, <laughs> that thing you said was awful, you know, then you're going to have a big fight with somebody. Whereas in therapy, it plays out differently. You get to actually explore and discuss because therapy is all about you and your therapist is there to help support you go through. Why did you have this reaction and what was going on there? So I, I strongly encourage everyone to, if, if something's going on in therapy that you don't like, talk to your therapist about it. That's really the only way to get to the bottom of is there some issue here with the therapist or the therapy that isn't working? Or can we lean into this difficult emotion that's coming up and get somewhere with it? Oh, that's great. And, and it's such an, we, we keep on kind of coming back to the point about talking to your therapist. And, you know, therapists kind of expect that. They expect people's feelings will be hurt. When I did my trainings, they said, 
just because you hurt someone's feelings didn't mean you did something wrong. It's it's right. inevitable. It's kind of part of the process. It's um, what kind of happens next that's important. Um, Absolutely. You know, and we're also trained if people start canceling sessions, it may mean that um, they're feeling skittish, they're feeling hurt, they're, there's something going on that's worth talking about. If um, people make the sessions very light, they, they start talking about sort of what's on television or what they're doing or their shopping list. There's an, another sense that they may be avoiding something and that may relate to feelings they have towards you. Um, and so therapists sometimes can kind of help you talk about it, but it's nice if you can kind of meet them halfway and, and bring up the things that make you uncomfortable about therapy, bring up the things that make you uncomfortable about your relationship with them, your doubts, your grievances, all of these things that, that, yeah, maybe we don't talk about normally, but in order to achieve real intimacy with others and yourself, um, there, there's got to be words for these things. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think about it all the time that, that, like, if we could tell some, you know, if we, if we wanted to do a really clickbaity article, like the number one top secret way to make rapid progress in therapy or how to hack your therapy sessions, it's always talk about therapy itself. Talk about the relationship with your therapist. Talk about the feelings you're having in the moment, in the room with your therapist. This is so abnormal. This isn't something we normally do in any other kind of conversation we have with someone. And so um, learning that that's actually not only not bad in therapy, but that it can really advance your therapy rapidly um, is kind of powerful. So, yeah, always just try to put it out there with your therapist and see what happens. Oh, and that is a great way to to end our podcast um of course please read the companion article that's on opencounseling.com called what if i don't like my therapist and that goes into a lot of detail it also has fantastic other articles that it links to for example uh you know ways to spot rarely bad therapists who you should what was that the crimson flags i like the crimson <laughs> flags um that, that you should run from. But yeah, hopefully this gives you a good summary. Not liking your therapist at some level is expected and normal. Sometimes it means they're not right for you, but very, very often it means that there's some really important thing that, that you should go into more depth with, preferably with your therapist's help. Um, but, but it's really important. So thank you so much for listening and we'll look forward to speaking next week.